Throughout the history of cinema, apes have always played a special role. Seen as our wild brethren, they are sometimes used as a reflection of us as a species. They show us our bestial side, our tranquil side, and our still connect and our connections to nature. So with that being said, we're watching Psycho Ape. It's Step by Video. Woo! Here's a movie that you never seen. The map is in ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles. There'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years. It's time for death. By video. Time for death. By video. And now the show will begin. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. I'm Graham saying welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. We are covering a new movie for a change. This film, uh, I think, first was screened in 2020. It's now wide, not not widely, but widerly available right now in the year 2021. Um, I was first brought attention to this movie because uh, it stars Kansas Bowling as a character named Nancy Banana, which if you like that name, you will enjoy this movie. uh, and so like, I kind of followed it and then it eventually came out and um, on Twitter, uh, the uh, the filmmaker behind the film was looking for people to review it. So I threw our hat into the ring, fully knowing that there might be some diverging opinions on the film within the podcast, as you both smile at me. Um, so I'm gonna start this off. I just wanna say, I love this movie. Um, it was 63 minutes of just fun, bonkers, banana nonsense. Um, I also realized I miss seeing things shot on mini DV. Like there's a couple scenes, especially where the uh, the two sisters who are in shark costumes are arguing about Pixar films and the sun is setting behind them. I'm like, oh, it kind of it looks nice. There's like a nice uh, old charm to things being shot on mini DV. So we should point out that this film was entirely shot on mini DV. And I think it was finished not on in physical uh, editing bay, but with uh, probably with Premiere Pro for all I know. I don't think they busted out Final Cut Pro 7 or maybe they did. Um, so where do we start with, uh, with this film? Um, we're introduced to Zaya 25 years ago where mm-hmm. we see a slumber party and they're, um, a teenage slumber party. We teenage have a slumber party. Yes, they, they, they keep repeatedly saying, um, before we get into the summer party, I do have to say it was an impressive use of peaking audio in the opening narration. It was just like this slow crawl and that whoever was narrating it was peaking like crazy, but they just like put a limiter on it. So it kind of just like flattened their, his voice out into nothing. But yes, Phil, so we're at the teen slumber party. And uh, Nancy Banana insists that they play Congo the board game, a tie-in board game, because this movie, 25 years ago, I'm assuming is 1995, even though there are a number of anachronisms in the scene, because you have some like very contemporary ape-themed DVDs at this teenage slumber party. And Blu-rays and cell phones. Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah, I think the 25 years ago trope was just uh, an homage to uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there was a genuine Congo board game, but uh, I I, I could see there being, because, you know, mm -hmm. it's just how film marketing was. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Congo was supposed to be the next Jurassic Park. You know, that was the whole thing. It was like, 
because someone asked Bruce Campbell, why were you in this? And he responded, he's like, it's from the writer of Jurassic Park, the producers of Outbreak or something. And everyone assumed it was going to be like the big smash hit of 1996. And then uh, that did not happen. Mostly because it was not a very good movie. Unlike this, um, there's a lot of like ape themed movie stuff in it. There's like, there's a big shout out to Christian Slater's Untamed Heart. Untamed Heart, yeah. Yeah. The movie that infamously starred Christian Slater as a dude with a weak, who has a, had a heart transplant and the heart was a baboon's heart and it uh, eventually malfunctions on him. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, in case you wanted to watch Untamed Heart. Yeah. And is Marissa Tomei the, the female lead in Untamed Heart? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I know that. I haven't seen the movie, but I just remember the box cover art. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, guys. I realized I didn't ask if you'd seen anything interesting that you wanted to talk about. I've been working hard and not been able to uh, to watch anything. Have you guys seen anything interesting in the last week? Um, yeah, I watched uh, the original Gambler. It's on the Criterion channel with uh, James Kahn. Mm-hmm. Not the Marky Mark version? No, not the Marky Mark version. Um, I also rewatched MASH. Um, I really like it. I understand why it has fallen so out of favor over the years because it's also it's particularly problematic and it's mm-hmm. probably among the more stylistically jarring Robert Altman movies. Oh yeah, with all the overlapping dialogue and, and yeah, mm-hmm. which he really maxim really he really maximized in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, he kind of like drove it straight into the ground. Yeah. Um, Kit, have you seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Have I? <laughs> Let me look it up. Uh, oh, not not very much. I watched Ingrid Goes West. Oh, nice. I like that movie. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It's kind of like a, because I went through like I went to PR school. Unfortunately, I'd like I don't know this whole influencer culture thing is it's ripe for uh, for making fun of. Oh yeah. And it was done well, for mm-hmm. the most part. I do think that it should have ended like with a mass killing. It could have been darker, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I uh, just did a rewatch. I rewatched The Master. Cool. Which I hadn't seen since. I think I think you were there as well. Yeah. I, I might have been there as well, Phil. We went to go see it 70 millimeter. Um, were you there? I still in the theater. Yeah. Oh. So, I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's when it came out, and saw the 70 millimeter print. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember just like thinking like it, it sort of like left me a little cold because it's like, you know, you can appreciate the, the big performances and, um, and uh, the, the artistry of the film, but like, like it doesn't even really seem to have a plot. It just kind of seems haphazard in a way, but um, a rewatch really does uh, not necessarily fill in like the, the blanks, but gives you a better sense of what it's about. I don't know. I'm 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 really coming around on it. Um, if if I rewatched a few more times, it might be my favorite uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film before long. Who knows? Nice. It's growing on me. Cool. Even um, Joaquin Phoenix does this performance where his his shoulders are like like protruding out of his chest the entire entire movie. Um, and it's it's almost like hard to watch. It's so animalistic, but um, I don't know. Just better. Oh, Phil. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is such an incredible physical actor, especially especially in light of watching uh, You Were Never Really Here in The Joker. I think so we, it's yeah. just incredible physical acting. Yeah. 
Bill, I think you meant to say Joker. Joker, yes. Joker. Joker. But you think about, like, compare his performance here to, like, I think the next film with Inherent Vice, um, where he's, like, just a, like a laid-back, non-aggressive, like, hippie dude who mm-hmm. almost tries to avoid confrontation in a way. Um, the dude's got range. It's good. Cool. Yeah, I've, uh, I only kind of half-watched uh, Maniac Cop this week because I've been away shooting a Christmas movie in Barrie. Um, but, uh, and yeah, back to Psycho Ape. So we're at the teenage uh, bachelor, par- bachelor party, we're at the teenage slumber party <laughs> where uh, Nancy Banana is like, just kind of like discussing her love of apes and Jane Goodall and how it's her dream to become the teenage dream Jane Goodall. And does anyone else think it's weird that Jane Goodall had sex with apes, which of course is not true. That did not happen. But it's just funny in this movie where it's like, it's clearly her trying to be like, I don't want to have sex with an ape, but I do. A very interesting opening. Like a lot of like, the thing is this movie is deceptively well-made because I, which everyone's looking at me like I'm, I'm crazy, but the actual editing and cross-cutting of the opening uh, scene, except when it cuts to the outside, is really well done. Like you actually forget that there's editing going on. So it's like this film is deceptively well-made. Even with the crappy audio, I noticed that at certain points, like, oh, it's clearly a choice that they either had audio go too low or too loud. Maybe I'm wrong on that point. Maybe that's just like the, you know, a lucky accident or a happy accident, but, uh, but I like to think it was on purpose. Um, so where do we go from there, Phil? Uh, then we, a boyfriend in an ape suit. Uh, also a teenager. Also, yes, also a quote unquote teenager. But, you know, the joke is it's like a 35-year-old beardo dude. Mm-hmm. And he barges in on the teenage slumber party and then they throw shit at him because he's a douchebag boyfriend. And then we see Psycho Ape who uh, massacres the teenage boyfriend. Yeah, and we should point out that the Psycho Ape, his weapon of choice is a banana, which he can use yes. as a switchblade, a bludgeon, an axe... Uh, a, a laser gun at one point to vaporize someone and it includes this is when I knew the movie was going to work for me was when Psycho Ape disguises him as he takes the mask from the boyfriend that he dispatched and wears it over his own face so that when Nancy Banana pulls the ape mask off there's another ape mask beneath it oh just great uh, so yeah so the Psycho Ape comes in and he uh, Nancy Banana falls asleep right away uh, or she falls asleep. She passes out from, she faints from fear. Uh, then Psycho Ape massacres the, the teenage uh, slumber party. This is where we see him use his banana as a ray gun to vaporize one of the guests. And then it's at this point after that that we're introdu- <clears throat> introduced to Dr. Zumis. Not Loomis, Zumis. Kit, what do you want to tell us about Dr. Zumis? Um... He has long white hair. He's played by an actor who I guess is like some uh, uh, grindhouse staple that I uh, am not aware of. Uh, he really hands it up. Where's the safari hat? Where's the safari hat? Not in this scene, though. In this scene, he is, he's a, there's a, a psychiatrist. And he basically kind of, the psycho ape kind of has the same origin story as Michael Myers from Halloween. There's a lot of quotes to a lot of different movies in this film. And I was always like excited when another one popped up. 
what they talk and about. Of course, him. he's doing the Donald Pleasance affectations. Yeah, yeah, in this scene for sure. And then it cuts 25 years into the future, where Psycho Ape is living a peaceful life of frying bananas. Yes, Bill? Wait, wasn't it like still 25 years ago, the <laughs> next scene? No, no, it jumps 25 years. Right, okay. Yeah, 25 years and this is when we're introduced to the end and then we have these like faux 60s transition scenes with like kansas bowling dancing with the psycho ape and like dr yeah. zoom is dancing and mm -hmm. it's great um and then we get uh <laughs> the look on kit's face it says it all um I'm, I'm sorry that the listeners don't get the benefit no no that's great um and so now we're with the psycho ape is uh some he's frying up some bananas on the grill on the uh, in a frying pan and i did, I did some art <laughs> <laughs> I sorry okay let's take a screenshot of this take yeah. a screenshot of that and send it to me because that's that'll say everything it's a very it's a frowny face self caricature of kit frowning <laughs> watching this movie um but uh, what is it? Psycho Ape is like frying bananas. And then he, he's watching the news and it's the low budget film feature film news crew with like one of the people clearly reading uh, news off of a, a page in front of them. What was the name of one of the, um... oh, we forgot the Psycho, Psycho Ape rap, which I think is totally on par with anything T Tupac ever did that Dr. Zoomis does in the, uh, in the crime scene. Uh, he does this wonderful rap, which I can't remember the lyrics to now, but it's great. It only lasts one of the many times where I showed it. No, <laughs> at, the, at the screen. Uh, while I was watching this. It's like your own personal Clifford. <laughs> so Clifford is a masterpiece. It's, yes, R.I.P. Charles Grodin, episode <laughs> yeah, 51. R.I.P. No, no, Charles Grodin, we won't, like, we won't talk about Clifford, the film that killed his career. <laughs> um, Oh, also the we also missed out. I wrote down so many good good notes here. Uh, when the cops are introducing uh, introducing uh, interviewing Nancy Banana, one of the cops is eating a donut with his gun, like he's using his gun like a fork to try and eat this donut with. The poster for the movie Psycho Ape is on the wall of Nancy Banana's room, which is another great yeah. Uh, Gelt Roy Shithouse is the name of the um, the news anchor who's clearly reading his lines from a sheet. But they basically yeah. explain that like people are wondering whatever happened to Psycho Ape and now Nancy Banana is like, kind of like living on her own and like doing fine, walking a dog and living in suburbia. Um, they also dropped this great line, which is like, yeah, Bigfoot exists, we caught him, who cares? Um, just random fun stuff like that. It's around this time, I, a yes kit? It's a, what, a Geltroid shithouse, right? Yes, Geltroid shithouse. Yes. Yeah, that's as funny as the movie gets right there. That was <laughs> pinnacle. <laughs> it's, it's funny um it elicited a for me while i was watching it <laughs> um it's also at this time that i realized that the films a lot of the film i think all the film sound effects see it's not just that it was shot on mini dv like they used a lot of sound effects and music cues from the era in which mini dv was king and like i recognized a lot of the sound effects and music cues because they all come from Apple Soundtrack Pro 2006, which is something I still use, but I always like bury those sound effects or tweak them so that they're not so blatantly Apple Soundtrack Pro 2006. But this one just went whole hog on it. So now uh, Psycho Ape's back on the loose. Um, 
and he just goes around knocking people off. There's a scene with uh, some women in a bathtub for some reason. And Doing duck play. You got me. I, I was like, hmm, thrown for a loop. Um, but I did notice there was a very precarious lighting setup above the bathtub, which like when they cut to a wide shot, I was like, oh no, like I hope none of those lights fall. Like they looked all like they were LED and connected to a GFI box. But like all these lights were just pointing down, like hung up from like the, the shower curtain. And I was like, oh no. Um, and this leads us into a Nightmare on Elm Street homage where um, uh, one of the women that was in the tub, now she's alone in the tub, is like leaning back, kind of like half sleeping, like Nancy in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we see the hand of Psycho Ape holding three bananas coming up out of the water, just like Freddy Krueger's claws in Nightmare on Elm Street. And he takes her out um and then we actually cut to some like on location footage in new york city which i was kind of like shocked by that they because this was very much a california movie um and then they like jumped to new york city where we're introduced to uh characters who are known as the filler sisters because they basically fill time so kit what can you tell us about the filler sisters uh, they're annoying and not funny okay phil um oh, oh. <laughs> sorry i'll get to you in a second phil but uh, so we cut back to some more news reports. Uh, and the interesting thing is I read the news tracker at the bottom of the, of the news report screen. And it actually says, why would you read this? Obviously, it's going to be a joke. And I was like, ah, clever. And then we cut to a weed scene. And I wrote down, I bet Kit appreciates the weed scene. No. Biggie said <laughs> no. Phil, tell us about the weed scene. I don't remember the weed scene. I, I remember the... I remember the filler sisters part, but I think I blocked out the weed scene. I remember the weed scene has like some like reggae sort of pseudo reggae beats going on. It's just two weed heads smoking bongs in the woods. A psycho ape shows up, um, and of course he gets high with them. Um, like he likes to party down. Uh, there's a few things where he's trying to uh, light the bong and he can't do it because of I guess his. Um, fake gorilla hand or whatever mm -hmm. and um and then he stabs them with uh his banana his blood bananas yeah <laughs> <laughs> love this movie um <laughs> so this and then from there we go into the great uh toy story versus ratatouille debate because we jump ahead and it's halloween uh, for some reason, and like two uh, women are out trick-or-treating in uh, shark costumes, and they get into this like really well shot for many DV epic like debate about Ratatouille versus Toy Story and which one is better. Um, I've never seen Ratatouille, so I can't weigh in, but I do think Toy Story is overrated. Not to say it's bad, I just think it's overrated. Guys, what are your thoughts on the great Toy Story versus Ratatouille debate? Phil, you go first. I I don't care for Toy Story. I don't care for Pixar in general. Um, I've never seen Ratatouille. The last Pixar movie I watched was Up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kit, yeah. what's your uh, opinion on the great Ratatouille versus Toy Story debate? Uh, it's probably like Ratatouille is a better movie. They had a better handle on how to do the effects and how to tell the story by that point. Uh, most of uh, Toy Story love has to do with nostalgia because it was very unique at the time. So that's my take. Yeah. I love how the energy in this podcast is I'm up here. Both of yeah. you guys, like, yeah. <laughs> Why did you make us watch this, Graham? Well, you know what? 
at the end of the day, I'm editing these episodes, so. <laughs> so then we get, uh, like, I started, like, writing down gratuitous use of, when I like, saw things being blatant. So there were, then we get to a gratuitous use of Congo board game. Uh, so Candace Bowling's playing Congo, and this is when uh, Psycho Ape and her reunite. She, he knocks on the door, and at first she doesn't recognize him, despite the fact he's a large man in a gorilla suit. And she eventually invites him in and kind of talks about everything and how she thinks that maybe it was just a mistake and she doesn't really hold a grudge for the massacre that he committed 25 years ago. And then he responds in a bunch of grunts, which is subtitled Ape Noises. Um, and then we get, oh, was that, is this when we get the Jurassic, the first Jurassic Park homage? Well, I don't remember the Jurassic Park homage. There's a, there's a few of them. There's, um, Oh yeah, because like the um, so this is when um, out in the woods. This is now after Psycho Ape and Nancy Banana have like been reunited and they're happy. They're out in the woods, like going for a walk, and um, and Doctor Zoomus is spying on them, and he's kind of looking at them. And then all of a sudden, from the side, Psycho Ape pokes his head out of a bush, and he goes, "Clever girl," just like um, Robert Muldoon did in the original Jurassic Park. I thought it was funny. It was funny. Re- references are always hilarious. All you have to do is make a reference. Yeah. Um, be funny. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, from there, uh, they play poker and it makes no sense. And then the police show up, but um, so, and they hide Psycho Ape. And uh, then they get, then Dr. Zumas chases them again. And this is where we get the Infinity Gauntlet showing up for some reason. And we get an homage to the film Ape, A-P-E, uh, where the ape gives the finger to people, like Dr. Zumas gives the finger to the Psycho Ape, and Psycho Ape gives him the finger with uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, which eh, I wasn't too thrilled with the Infinity Gauntlet stuff, I'll, I'll admit. Like, I think that was a little too recent. Um, Somebody had one, though. Yeah, someone had one. And then there was a gratuitous use of 25 years later again. So they... Um, they cut to oh right because they actually capture uh, Doctor Zoomus captures the ape and the ape goes to psycho ape goes to prison where he gets oh I forgot about him pooping on the banana man. Um, there's there's a lot of unpleasant um, pooping poopings yeah which is all just chocolate pudding um, with a little bit of corn sprinkled in. Um, so yeah so the ape goes to jail. Does anyone want to take over the plot synopses? What plot? <laughs> it's all padding. Uh, it's one hundred percent. It's so self. It calls attention to it's the lack of plot. But like, oh, I know that's why the filler sisters are called the filler sisters because they yeah. fill in the story. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, they, they, uh, I'll, I'll try to remember as best I can here. Let me see if I can. Uh, I think Psycho Ape uh, escapes or is released from prison. It's uh, not clear. Uh, and perhaps. Wait a second, but you missed there's a Shawshank homage. Yes, there is a Shawshank reference. Mm-hmm. The movie is not nothing if not filled with references to other films. Yes. So that, uh, yep. So I guess he escaped, but uh, in another scene, they said he was released. So it's, you know, another one of these, ha ha, we're making a bad movie jokes. <laughs> uh, the movie is filled with. Um, and then uh, he um, reconnects with Nancy Banana, and they go to New York. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You got to remember. So they're hanging out on a beach because they're on the lam, 
And then Dr. Zuma shows up and chases them on the beach. And it smash cuts to them running in New York City, which is just great. Like, I, I thought it was a really good cut. And they got a lot of good shots. And uh, uh, it was an amazing, like, because it went from beach smash cut to NYC right into a Midnight Cowboy homage to then running into the infamous Naked Cowboy from Times Square. There's yeah. like a taxi driver reference. There's a taxi driver reference? But it's like, you talking to me? Oh, yeah. On lights. There was also a bad motherfucker wallet earlier on in the film. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yes, I, I wrote down that the ape, Psycho Ape, has the same wallet that Samuel Jackson does in Pulp Fiction. Yes. And, and uh, uh, that a bunch of lame guys in the late 90s had because they, you could buy those wallets. Like any head shop, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea how they filmed in Times Square because shooting in New York is notorious. Anytime you put down a tripod, someone's going to ask you for a permit. So, like, and they were able I've to shoot. Done- Guerrilla style. Yes. At one point, someone even says it's guerrilla warfare, but that's coming up later on, which I loved. Another great like thing. But uh, it's it's oh, such a good movie. Um, <laughs> but so so they're chasing, being chased through Times Square, uh, and eventually he starts uh, the cycle ape uh, chases, uh, basically starts climbing up the Empire State Building with uh, Nancy Banana on his back. They get to the top and they're kind of wondering what to do. And this is when the army starts showing up. So there's the army, the Navy, the Navy, like for some reason, the captain of the boat in the Navy says fire all the torpedoes, which makes no sense because torpedoes go underwater, not in through the air. Uh, and then uh, the air force gets involved and there's a really great mo- like line where one of the, the uh, pilots says, it looks like I picked a real, uh, picked the right week to start doing cocaine, which I thought was another funny line. And then eventually Dr. Zuma shows up back on the top of the Empire State Building and Psycho Ape decides like, oh, I'll throw him off and that'll be how I stop him. And Dr. Zuma says, no, I'm not the one that's supposed to fall off the building and die. You are. But then the Psycho Ape does and he throws him down. And it's a really great dummy shot where the dummy hits the ground and the wig flies off and it's a skeleton. Just so much good stuff in this movie. Where do we go from there, Kit? Um... It gets pretty convoluted at this point. Um, I don't know. I think they um, start throwing grenades at Psychoape or something. They start throwing throwing grenades and shooting bullets, which Nancy Banana points out. Don't they understand that bullets are lethal? Yes. Yeah, great commentary on gun violence in America. And then he uh, falls off the building, I think. I mean, he does kill a bunch of people in in New York City. I think we skipped over that. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he killed the point the filler sisters. Didn't really like. Oh, he kind of drowned one almost, and the other one. They show up again. Yeah, the filler sisters show up, uh, because their whole thing is like they're talking about the cycle. They're like, "What if I catch him? Like, will I take a photo with him, or will I catch him and turn him in?" They also like we also missed where like they went right into the subway, Um, and there's so many funny moments where Doctor Zoom is like, "Oh no, I can't catch up to them," and then. Uh, they're like, oh, he got away from him, and then the camera will pan over, and he's just sitting next to them. They even go on the Staten Island Ferry, which is awesome. Uh, we see a lot of New York City in this movie, which is great. Like, it's just like they shot a lot. Like, they maximized shooting in guerrilla style in NYC. Um, and then the cocaine snorting pilot, he decides to do a kamikaze run at Psycho Ape, which knocks Psycho Ape off the off the Empire State Building. And he falls all the way to the ground, hits the ground, his eyeballs pop out, and then Nancy Banana runs down 
I thought this was funny too. Like it just, it's a pan down of the Empire State Building. And like you hear her running downstairs and then it pans down and she's already on the street running towards the camera. So it looks like she's ran out of the Empire State Building. Very much a cartoon style gag, but I liked it. Um, and then she's looking at him as he dies and someone comes out of nowhere and, and also Dr. Zumas is back from the dead again. He's just hanging out there. Then someone comes up and says like, "'Twas beauty killed the beast." And she's like, hey, what did I do? And then even Dr. Zumas says like, I'm pretty sure it was the bullets in the fall that killed him. And then that guy disappears. And then uh, Dr. Zumas and in an homage to the end of Casablanca, Dr. Zumas and Nancy say it looks like the start of a beautiful friendship and they walk off together towards Times Square. And that was Psycho Ape. Yay. Yeah. Um, they also, there's, there's some end credits get shenanigans as well. Uh, talks about... Deliberately gratuitous, uh, you yes. know, um, mm-hmm. the, the after title cards is like, oh, these people are still dead. Mm-hmm. Like the person, stoners are still smoke, smoking weed in the woods. I know it's just like they're probably smoking with Hendrix or something. Right. Like, yeah. This person and, survived being murdered and went on to become a blah blah blah. Yeah, I know. Um, what was the other thing? The filler sisters are now in a institution for the criminally insane. After being killed by Psycho Eight, Banana Man went to, on to graduate from MIT. AFI voted Ratatouille the number one film of all time. Dr. Zumas died 16 more times before becoming mayor. Mayor of what city? I don't know. Um, is there any, am I out of my notes? I am. So that's the end of my notes. So that was Psycho Ape. Guys, what are our final, final thoughts? Phil, let's go with you first. This was a really rough experience. Uh, oh, crap. We can't do final thoughts. But I have notes on this movie. Hmm? Sorry, I just realized I have notes on this movie. The film stars Kansas Bowling as Nancy Banana, and she is a writer, director, actor who first came to prominence with her feature film, BC Butcher, that she directed when she was only 17 years old, and it was shot on 16 millimeter film. Um, and I'll say it's, it's uh, I think it's a bit better than this film. I mean, it tells a coherent story. Uh, her next film was actually set to be released this year. It is currently untitled, and it was loosely inspired by the Faces of Death films, but instead of seeing scenes of gruesome death, uh, each segment is about uh, basically being a young woman in the 21st century. So it's, it's an interesting take on that type of anthology film. Uh, she's already, she already has 51 acting credits, uh, despite being like 24 years old or something. Um, some of them include Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and uh, both of Glenn Danzig's feature films, both Veronica and the I think it's like Death Rider in the Town of the Vampires is the name of his upcoming spaghetti western. Um, she is particu- particularly known for shooting only on film for all of her projects. And in addition to her feature films, she is a prolific music video director with 32 directorial credits. The film also stars Bill Whedon as Dr. Zumas. He's known for his work in a lot of trauma films, including Sabar- uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, Citizen Toxie, The Toxic Avenger Part 4 and Shakespeare in a Shitstorm. He has also appeared in the films Carlito's Way and Inside Lewin Davis. So he's a Coen Brothers favorite. Um, and then the director, writer, editor, and producer of this film is Addison Beinick. Uh, this is his fourth directing credit and he directed a couple episodes of Troma's Tro Masterpiece Theater, which is where I'm guessing he got connected to Kansas Bowling because her first film was released by Troma, as well as uh, good old uh, Bill Whedon. 
I'm just imagining uh, the Coen Brothers version of Carlito's Way. Yeah. <laughs> Coen Brothers version of Carlito's Way? I would watch that. <laughs> well, the way you phrased it kind of sounded like, uh, oh yeah, Coen Brothers classics like Carlito's Way and uh, Inside Blue and Davis. Oh, oh, I didn't mean that. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just made it funnier. Mm -hmm. Anything else Phil, to add? I, th I think there is, but uh, I... <laughs> oh well. You know, that's just one man's opinion. Kit, what is your one man's opinion? Uh, I did not like this film. <laughs> I I remember like like just struggling through it, and then I look at and it's only been twenty minutes, and I'm like, how how is it possible? There's another forty minutes of this. Um, it uh, it's just bad. Bad all around. And people are going to like, oh, it's supposed to be bad. Yeah, I get it. It's it's not good. Well, here's where you're wrong. Um, so <laughs> this was a pretty fun, breezy 63-minute movie. It didn't overstay its welcome, in my opinion. Like, it it just hopped along. It was pretty, it, was, it moved at a pretty fast clip. And I just like, I don't know. And even the homages, like, they were, the other thing, too, I need to point out about this movie is that this movie is playing off of the tropes of so many other purposefully bad shot on low quality cameras movies where they, their biggest gag is they have an ape costume. So what this film kind of, at least from my gleaning of my, my brief research on it was attempting to do was like to basically just sort of like take in those movies, like they're really bad. Like they're shot in one park normally in two days and there's an audience that laps them up. And like, this is kind of like the, close encounters of the third kind of those types of movies like it's above and beyond like they have multiple cities multiple coasts of the united states actors that are actually known appearing in it like kansas bowling um and i don't know like i just love the audacity of, like yeah they're gonna climb the empire state building they're gonna show like dvds and, and vhs tapes of every single movie with an ape in it like uh even when like someone says at the start, like, oh, let's watch Escape from New York. And, and it was like an ape from New York. I think you mean Bro uh, Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. Like, I don't know. Like I find, I found it very fun. Like I thought it was, it, it was a film that was deceptively better than it appeared. Like the, ed the editing in it is good in certain sequences. And like, you kind of like, don't even notice it. Uh, the use of like, even the use of stock audio from 2006's, Apple Soundtrack Pro, I'm like, that's such an interesting touch because it's like, it's such a reflection on, you know, film independent, like no budget films made during the first decade of the 21st century. Uh, I'm not trying to over like blow this film, but it's like, it's, it's just fun and it's charming in its weird way. Um, and even though everything is like, oh, like this kind of looks like they didn't care. It's like clearly thought was put into it. Like, even just like thinking of the names of like low budget feature film news broadcast network or whatever was, they had to put some effort. They could have just called it like the television news network or something. So I don't know. I found it fun. Fair amount of effort that they put in. I found it fun. I found it charming. I, uh, I wholeheartedly like if you're, I wouldn't, well, here's the thing. I wouldn't recommend this as a movie. I would recommend. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend this as a movie. I would recommend it as as an experience um, and as almost an experience almost as an art piece is how i would recommend it so in that context i think it works like if you're going to say like oh you should watch psycho ape it's got a really cool story it doesn't have a really cool story 
Um, and I'm not even going to say that's the point because whatever, but um, it doesn't have a really cool story. Like I enjoyed its own, like it, as a collage of uh, like 2000s, like no budget digital video tropes. And just also like this weird kind of like hodgepodge of pop cultural references that were, was taken to an obscene level of, of cultural references. I mean, they even debate the 1949 versus 1999 versions of Mighty Joe Young. So it's, you know, like they're digging deeper here. They're not just going like, duh, apes. If you want to watch a good like grindhouse, like Black Dynamite was pulled off really yes. well. I But the thing oh. is, this isn't, sorry, Kit. This isn't a, a grindhouse homage. This is an homage to a genre of film, of to his type of films that you guys oh, okay. really were not exposed to, where you'd like see a cool cover and rent it. And, and it's like, oh, some guy shot this movie in his backyard. Um, it's well, more I guess an homage. homage to terrible shitty movies is is also going to be terrible and shitty as it turns out. Surprise! Wow, the shade being thrown. It's not like we watched Dirty Ho or something like that. Dirty Ho is a Dirty master. Is no, it's a terrible movie, and that's why we never put it's out that anything. Uh, all right, we're gonna end this. artistry and the martial arts of that. Film. We're gonna end this. Watch Psycho Ape. Uh, it's playing in Toronto. Do not. Whatever you do, do not watch this. Watch movie. it. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Go buy the buy the DVD off Blu-ray, which is where they're being or Blu-ray uh, eBay, which is where it's being sold. Oh, it's actually, no, it's it's already played like a ton of festivals and it's gotten good write-ups in Film Threat magazine. It's going to be playing uh, in Toronto as part of the uh, virtual terrible two-day Toonie Film Festival, which is coming up, I think, next weekend. So it's uh, uh, man, we should now that I see how much this both like just ruin your weekend for both of you guys. I think I kind of <laughs> want to watch some more like shot on mini DV movies with you guys. Please no. Please no, okay. I won't do it next. Uh, our next one that we're gonna watch, we're actually gonna be watching a Kung Fu movie, uh, which is kind of known as, it's not the greatest Bruce Floytation film. It's probably the second greatest. We're gonna be watching The Clones of Bruce Lee. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I bet you it'll be good. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not being ironic. Okay. So, so you liked uh, They Call Me Bruce better uh, than the Clones of Bruce well, Lee? I don't consider They Call Me Bruce to be a Bruce exploitation okay. film. There was never an attempt with They Call Me Bruce to be like, this is a Bruce Lee movie. Mm. Uh, whereas there's so, I think the um, uh, Bruce Lee Goes to Hell is the greatest blue exploitation movie. Okay. It's where he has to fight his way through hell with the help of, um, who helps him? Like he, he fights James Bond, Clint Eastwood, the godfather from some reason from the godfather it's like it's a weird movie uh and he teams up with popeye um why not yeah so it's 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 uh, 90 minutes of copyright infringement so that's what we'll be watching next so for death by video i've been phil i've been kit i'm still graham saying watch psycho ape good night